Māori in particular do have this um, inquisitive nature, but I could not see a relationship to myself in the subject matter. Uh, don't get me wrong, um, Mr Pybus was a fantastic science teacher, but I failed fourth form science and uh, went off and said I'll never do that again. But at growing up, I used to watch like sci-fi, particularly with my dad. You know, we'd watch programs like um, Blake Seven, Sapphire and Steel, Doctor Who, um, some of the old, and and there's actually some scientific principles in those stories, Star Trek, but it's wrapped up in a narrative. It's around this time of the year that Professor Rangi Mataamua is in high demand. From travelling schools to hosting kōrero on his Living by the Stars Facebook page and accommodating the many media requests. This week he had some time in his schedule for a sit-down chat with me at his home in the Waikato. We cover a bit of everything, from his school days and fielding to his university days in Wellington, his mission to share knowledge about Matariki and working towards setting up a Fare Kokorangi Māori or Māori Astronomy School. That's coming up in this week's episode of Tiahika Ko Justin Murray. Aho. Korangi mata muahau, no rua tāhuna me waikare moana tōku whānau, ko mātātua te marae, ko te ure wera te hapu. I come from two main communities in Tūhoi, um, rua tāhuna and waikare moana, but I have connections right across some of the other locations. But I did not grow up, nor was I born there. Mm. So I was born and raised in Levin, in Horofenua, wow. with my grandmother's people of Moopoko. Dr. Matamua attended Catholic boarding school, Hatopaura College, in Fielding. Science wasn't your particular strong. <laughs> in fact, did you fail it or you just didn't um, understand it fully at the time? I didn't do science past the fourth form, and that would have been in the late 80s. Yeah. And I'd always been interested in science. I think Māori in particular do have this um, inquisitive nature, but... I could not see a relationship to myself in the subject matter. Mm. Uh, don't get me wrong, um, Mr. Pybus was a fantastic science teacher, but I failed fourth form science and uh, went off and said, I'll never do that again. Not bad for a student who failed science. And then, a few decades later, wins the top communication prize at the Prime Minister's Science Awards this year. The win is attributed to his research and knowledge about Māori astronomy and Te Iwa o Matariki, the nine stars of Matariki. And so are you creating, in a sense, are you creating the the new body of work in terms of Indigenous and Māori astronomy? I don't know if I'm creating it. I, I think that's a bit of a stretch for me, if I'm honest. What I'm probably doing is uh, helping to reveal and and communicate and disseminate that knowledge. It's always been there. My role is is really to communicate and to to share and to probably show the science in the traditional knowledge Mm. and show to science the traditional knowledge, if that makes sense. So it's dual-sided. One is just unpacking the science that exists within that 
traditional narrative mm. and then showing the people who practice science that this is another approach to understanding and interacting with science. Mm. Do you at all communicate with that science world? Oh, I've given presentations to um, Astronomical Society of New Zealand and, you know, have, have taught spoken with and presented to proper <laughs> astrophysicists. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't say proper, but, you know, people that are trained yeah. scientifically in that space. And, yeah, no, I've, for the most part, in fact, you know, 99% of that interaction has been really positive and nice. good. And I think there's a shift happening in cool. people's awareness, you know, and understanding of exactly what science is. And speaking of awareness, living by the stars, as you've taken on your your road talks both here and abroad about Matariki in particular, you've certainly built up. Um, well, you know, you, you're a talker. You're a great talker. <laughs> so you've gone from there to the social media um, platform, which is you know a lot of engagement takes place on there. A million views and was it four months? Thirty thousand followers. You must be stoked. Yeah, no, it's. Um, I've got to be honest. <laughs> I'm, be honest. I'm really bad on the on the. On the technical social media stuff, I'm really lucky I have support around me. So the Living by the Stars is kind of a family thing. Mm -hmm. So my sisters are involved and my younger brother, and in fact my brother-in-law as well, um, and they help me. I do the content, but they do more of the technical stuff. But when it's left up to me, it doesn't get recorded and I delete (laughs) it halfway through and the sound's not on and, you know. But I didn't want it to be too... Not uh, the dissemination. It's about disseminating yeah, the knowledge. Yeah. Um, so my grandfather, on his on his deathbed, uh, took me aside, and his last words to me was talking about the knowledge base that descends through our family around astronomy. He said, "You know, the manuscript that I gave you, don't give it away. It's an heirloom. Hold on to mm-hmm. it." I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." He said, "Though, but the knowledge in there," he said, "You know." If you don't find a way to share it with everyone, it'll 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 be lost. And his last words to me were, "Knowledge that isn't shared isn't knowledge." And I've really that hit, that's really hit home with me. In 2017, Tiahika was in Hiretaunga, Hastings, at a Matariki seminar with Dr. Matamua during the launch of his book, Matariki: The Star of the Year. Here, he talks about how he acquired a manuscript which would form part of his book. It begins here with his tupuna. But I want to start with where this originates from. Um, uh, there was an ancestor by the name of Te Pikikotuku. Te Pikikotuku is a well-known ancestor who actually comes from uh, the Whanganui region. He has a very famous saying by him, a whakatauki, te He was a warrior. He was a tohunga whaiwhaiā, mākutu that is, so he was a bit of a witch doctor, and he was a um, man that travelled. So he left the Whanganui region and came into uh, Tūwharetoa. He married there, had children, he left children in Whanganui, he went through to the Waikato region, had children there, and his last stop was Ngāti Pikiao. And he married there and had children. And one of his uh, children were uh, Himiona Te Pikikotuku. Himiona Te Pikikotuku uh, left Rotorua and made his way to Ruatahuna. And he married one of our kuia there. And they had this man here, Te Kōkau Himiona Te Pikikotuku. He inherited the mana of his father. And he was a tohunga whaiwhaiā. 
he was a tohunga mākutu, and um, he was an astronomer. And his son was a man by the name of Rawiri Tekoka. So Elson Best, when he was in Ruatahuna, gathering knowledge and collecting all his data for the many books that he wrote, he wanted to write about uh, Māori astronomy. So he said to his friend Tutakanaho, a well-known tohunga, uh, uh, who should I go and talk to? And Tutaka said, you need to go and see these two gentlemen. Himiona te kōkau, Himiona te pikikotuku, and his son Rawiri. And so he did. And he spent three days with them. And they gave him a certain amount of star knowledge. That is virtually the book, Māori, uh, the Astronomical Knowledge of the Māori. What to this date remains the most extensive record of Māori astronomy that we have. And this was written and researched way back then. Uh, what he didn't know is that from the year 1898 until 1933, these two men, Te Koko and Rawiri, wrote a manuscript. It's a 400-page uh, And so it's just star law. 400 pages, a thousand star names. Every star, he called it all. When it rises, where it rises, why it's called, what it's called, um, how to read it, when to read it. And then they drew the constellations on the map and named everyone, 106. Bearing in mind that Western astronomy has 88. 106, that's because our constellations change their names or their, depending upon what season it is and where they are in the sky. So we'll have three constellations in one. It's in all Māori name. Anyway, on his deathbed in 1934, he called his grandson over and he said, Boy, um... This is for you. And he gave him this manuscript. This is my grandfather. When he passed away, it was handed to his son, Rawiri Te Koko, who was also a tohunga. Now that is my grandfather's grandfather. Grandf- That's who oh, yep. raised my grandfather. Right. I didn't know any of this, right? So uh, I grew up and, you know, grew up around my grandparents and with my grandfather. And uh, I knew he knew things. I knew that he was knowledgeable in certain areas, but I, um, you know, I, I had no idea about my family's connection to the space. Dr. Matamua studied at Victoria University from 1992. He completed his undergraduate and master's degrees here. At the time, his whanaunga and mentor, Professor Pau Temara, was a constant during his academic career. The knowledge around Matariki began to resonate with Dr. Matamua during a public seminar. And then he was uh, doing kōrero about Matariki at Te Papa Tongarewa. Um, and because he knows, he, he has knowledge in all sorts of spaces. And I was, um, you know, lucky to go and listen. And then I went home and said to my grandfather, you don't know anything about Matariki, do you? And he giggled. Off he toddled and I wasn't paying much attention, but he came out with this manuscript and he gave it to me. And I flipped through the first pages. It's 400 pages. And I had a little read through and I was like, wow. But I didn't realise what it was, so I gave it back to him. I didn't think about it yeah. until about a year later. It dawned on me. Oh, my gosh. And I went back and said, can I have the book? He said, yep, yeah, you can have. You can read the book, you can have the book, but don't you ever share this. This is. I think at that stage he was still concerned about the tapu nature yes. of those Which things. Which is why he tucked it away for 40-odd years. 50-odd. And he didn't even touch it. 
He didn't touch it because he was scared of, I think, the, the tapu. I think by the time I turned up, maybe I was his guinea pig to see if anything bad happened to me. <laughs> he thought, hey, I'll give it to my grandson. But it's, um, I don't know, I've spent 20 years, you know, dedicating myself to researching in that space and disseminating knowledge around that space. And um, it kind of came to a head 2017 when I released my book on Matariki. Yes. The star of the year. I really contemplated for a long time releasing that because I knew as soon as I put it out there for public consumption, I would not be able to protect uh, my grandfather, my ancestors' knowledge base or my grandfather because, like anything, it's open and subject to um, critique. critique and sometimes uh, an unfair critique because it's too hoy. People say, that's not how we practice and that's... Mm-hmm. And it was never intended to say, this is how it's done. Mm-hmm. The book is written by, this is the record I have. Mm-hmm. This is the research I've done. And it's really to help other people do their own tribal research or do their own... And you're adamant from the start. This is my research. Yeah. Go out and do your own if you feel that you need to do that. Hey, you're very clear. Oh, I hope so. Always uh, start by saying a couple of things. Number one, I do not know everything there is to know about Matariki. Okay, right off the bat, I do not know and I still have lots to learn. The corridor that I have is the corridor that I have. I'm going to tell you where it comes from before we get into Matariki, so you're under no illusions as to where this comes from. But if you have corridor that is different to what I have, okay, if your version of this practice is different and varies to what I have, there are differences, okay, and, and, and those are okay. But I think more often than not, we have similarities more so than we have differences. But I'm going to tell you what I know. And I would hope that you'll respect my right to tell this version. Just as I will respect your right, if you have a different version, I will respect your right to be wrong. (laughs) I will respect your right to have your version. And I'm very, very careful to say this is how I understand it to be based on the knowledge that was left to me and my own research. But people do. Different tribes and different individuals and different regions have variations or even completely different ideas of how it works. And I think that's really, really good. It's just sharing um, my narrative and the hope that other people will pick up and run with their own stuff. But, you know... As Māori sometimes can be likely to do, we can be quite critical of something that uh, we don't think is ours or from where we're from. And so for the most part, it's been really, really positive. But sometimes, you know, you get the odd comment here and there. And I, while it doesn't worry me personally, um, I think about the um, foresight of my ancestor to write it down. Yes. And uh, my grandfather's courage to say share it and you know it it can be a little bit stinging sometimes when uh, it you know some people just want to perhaps disagree or ridicule it because it's not from where they're from 
Matariki is set to rise on the 13th of July, but other regions may have already seen Matariki. It depends on location. Iwi in Whanganui, Taranaki, parts of Te Taitokiro or the far north, and Te Waipaunamu or the South Island celebrate Puanga. Now there are nine stars, Te Iwa or Matariki, Waiti, Waita, Tupuanuku, Tupuarangi, Hiwaiterangi, Pohutukawa, Waipunarangi, Ururangi and Matariki. Those are named uh, in my ancestors' manuscript and then he names exactly what each of the stars is for and then he says exactly where they're positioned and why they're positioned there and how you view them and when to view them and breaks down exactly how the ceremony to acknowledge them for the new year happens and then he gets into the science of how you triangulate position of sun, lunar phase and observance of star to mark when the new year starts and how long it goes for. So the detail in there. Star, moon. Star, moon, sun. So rule of thumb, sun gives you season because it rises at different places during the season and changes its position slightly every day. Star gives you month because all of the Māori lunar star month names of the months are actually stars that rise in I the morning. I didn't know that. You're talking about Hongongoi. Pere Koka, Potu, Te Fafa. They are actually stars that rise on the eastern horizon in the morning um, just before sunrise because the stars rise four minutes earlier, right? So the stars in the winter are different um, to the stars in the summer and they get higher and higher as the days go mm. by. And so the next star you'll see it and you know what month you're in or coming to, but what gives you your day, when to start your month, when to do activity, when to uh, rest, when to work is your lunar calendar. And then you have to take all of that into consideration with flowering of tree, um, planting, planting, um, movement of animals, spawning of fish, tides. This is the um, maramataka. Winds. See, yeah, because maramataka isn't a lunar calendar by my read. Maramataka is actually an environmental calendar which uses the lunar phases as a baseline. Ah, I see. So um, for me, the maramataka isn't a lunar calendar system. It's a environmental calendar system which uses the lunar phases as a baseline. Yeah. Yep. So that gives you day, right? And that's your baseline. This day, that day, next day, tomorrow, the next week. Mm. The, but... Um, it also takes into effect, uh, into account sun, moon and all of the environment for you to position where you are. And that's why it's tribal and uh, regional and locational because the environment differs from region to region, from tribe to tribe, sometimes very, very slightly. Kaputa Matariki, karere whanui, ko te tohu o te tau. Matariki appears as Fanui flees. This is the sign of the new year. This whakatauaki or proverbial saying is from Dr. Matamu's book, Matariki, the Star of the Year. Now, contained in the book includes the dates of the rise of Matariki until the year 2050. So, this year will take place between the 13th and the 16th of July. But Dr. Matamu says that in order to really understand Matariki, there needs to be a shift away from Western notions of time. So the 13th of July comes from from me. I put that out there because really 
if you want to sink into Matariki, the first thing you need to do is get rid of June, July, August and the Gregorian calendar. Trying to reconcile Matariki, which is part of a lunar calendar system, star moon calendar system, and we're trying to take it out of that system of time and merge it or force it into a Western Gregorian solar calendar that's universal and it doesn't work that way. Mm. And there's just some basic incorrect science that is out there. Like people say, oh, Matariki will rise at the end of May and early June. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) But you'll never see it. You'll never see it in the sky then. Um, Other things like Pipiti is June. Pipiti is not June. Sometimes Pipiti is May, June. Sometimes it's June. Sometimes it's June, July. Because a solar calendar is 365 and a quarter day long. A lunar calendar is 354 days long. So it's 11 days shorter. So in two years, it's 22 days shorter. Mm, In three three years, years, it's it's 33. Now, what we do with our solar calendar, right, because it's 365 and a quarter day long. So when you add the quarter up over four years, you get an extra day, right? Extra day. So we put in an extra day in February, I think, and yeah. have a leap year, right? It's a leap year, yep. That's called uh, intercalary or the intercalation of an extra day. Because we followed a lunar calendar, which one year is 11 days shorter, 22 days shorter, three years are 33 days shorter, our intercalation was to include a 13th month into the calendar system every three years. That's happening this year. So see how that works? You know, you so you your whole 30 days yeah. over those three years and, yeah. and, and add a 13th month every three years. Yeah. Ah. And that's the reason why Pipiti is the month. It's sometimes May, June, and then uh, and then uh, June, and then June, July. Yeah. And when it's, you know, it, just, it slips and slips and slips. So when Pipiti this year was more May, following on Pipiti is this extra 13th month, and we're in it now. It's called Ruhanui. So, where do you look and how do you find Matariki? Let's head back to a seminar with Dr. Rangi Matamua. If we look at Matariki, these are the names that are used right across the Pacific and Polynesia for Matariki. So, it's Matariki in Aotearoa, all the way in Easter Island. It's Matariki uh, in Hawaii. It's Makali'i. Uh, it's Makahiki and other places, but they're all variations of Matariki. It's the most common name right throughout the Pacific is, is the name uh, Matariki. The next question I get asked is, how do I find Matariki? Okay, you all know the pot. The kōhua. <laughs> okay, if you follow the pot from... Left to right in the sky, wherever it is, you follow it from left to right, you'll come to the brightest star in the sky. That's Sirius. Yep, that's why that's a dog star, they call that. That's the reason Sirius black turns into a dog. That's a dog star. Okay? Don't go right. You find the pot, you find the bottom of the pot, and you go left. Sing Beyonce's to the left. To the left, you'll come to this diamond shape in the sky. That's te kokota. That is the face of the bull. And you go just a little bit further left, you'll find Matariki. That's how you pick it. So the pot must be the easiest cluster to pick out in the sky. Okay, when you find the, the pot, Tautoru, 
Hanei matatoki nāwhata tautoru. And you go left, you'll bump into Matariki. The establishment of a Whare Kōkorangi Māori or Māori Astronomy School is his next goal. How's that coming along or what do you envision yourself doing? Yeah, so um, I've been talking about it for a while and I mean other people do their own wānanga yes. and have their own kaupapa going and it's great. You know, um, like I say, the more uh, uh, information that we can have come into the space and the more people that can practice in the space I think is, is really good for Kind of like a Hick Busby, Taraiwaka type I think it's about disseminating the knowledge first and foremost yeah. uh, For me, I know what I know based mm. on my knowledge base and based on my research and there'll be other people that have um, variations perhaps or there could even be people that have completely different ideas mm. and that's fine, that's mm. like any any um, kind of form of knowledge or any knowledge base. So for me, I've got this idea. I want to start my own um, Farikokorangi Māori or Institute of Māori Astronomy and have it as a place where we can teach a new generation um, Māori astronomy and have it just be a normal part you know, so the kids can know, and not just not for children, but we have people coming through that can understand the interface that exists between traditional Māori knowledge and even Western science. You know, they are not enemies. Mm. In fact, they have many of the same principles about inquiry and, and knowledge. So that is my plan. I've actually got a few things happening at the moment, so hopefully uh, that can happen sometime soon. Dr Matamua says that Matariki should also be considered as a public holiday. There's this mindset that we've got to celebrate what they celebrate on the other side of the world, you know. Our New Year's has to be when they celebrate theirs. Why? Mm. Why can't we celebrate ours when we do ours? Why do we have to talk about a fat man in a red suit <laughs> and coming on his with his reindeer and his sleigh in the middle of summer? I mean, that's just ridiculous, but we do it because we are trying to be like everyone else. Yet we've got this celebration with us beautiful principles, it's practice, it's connectivity to everyone, to the environment, and it's from here. Mm. Why can't that be our celebration? And for me, it's Matariki's becoming less of a Māori celebration and more of a national celebration. I I feel that. I see that. Which is a good thing. Oh, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. I think it needs to be seen as part of our changing and evolving national identity. Mm and connecting us to where we are in the world. So, yeah, please, uh, can, we make it a, can we make it a holiday? <laughs> Tēnā koe, ahorangi, rangi mā tāmua, astronomer, academic and the winner of the top communication award at this year's Prime Minister's Science Awards, nor Naituhoi. Now, for more information, we've posted up some links on our webpage, rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Or you can find a wealth of information on the Facebook page, Living by the Stars. Next week on the show, we return with our series about cancer survivors. I'm in Rotorua with Poi Haere Knight. 
Nō reire i te iwi kua ea te kaupapa mō tēnei wiki, ko te manako ea kia haumaru tā koutou noho. We end this week's show with the track Matariki by Marka Fiso. Hoki mai a te rātapu e tū mai nei, tēnā tātou katoa. Tīrohia, kīrunga, tīra maramae, tai te whiti mai ngā whetu. Ite po, fiti fiti mai ngā fetu. Ite po, tahuri to mahunga ki ngā rangie.